All right, thank you so very much for that this morning. I appreciate that. It is a great joy and delight to have with us this morning Karen Slate, who is the Regional Director of the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home. And she's going to come this morning and share with us the work of the Baptist Children's Home. Before she does, I want to read a passage to you that comes uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 25. And this is the words of Jesus. Listen to what he has to say. In Matthew 25, 31, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon his throne in glory. And before him shall be gathered all of the nations, and he shall separate them one for another, as a shepherd divides his sheep. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say to them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king answered and said to them, Verily I say to you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And God calls us to be the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus, to share his love, to share his mercy, to share the hope that there is in Christ Jesus and having any, a, a, a walk with him that results in an eternal walk with him through all of glory. It is one thing to just talk about how good it is to know Jesus and to love Jesus and to serve Jesus. But God's called us to be more than folk who just talk about it. But we're to have an active role. We're to participate. We're to partner with anyone and everyone that we can to share the love of Jesus Christ around the world. And that's why it is a joy to introduce to you today Karen Slade. As I mentioned, she is the uh, regional director for the Baptist Children's Home, and, and in just a moment she's going to come and share. But let me just say, the Baptist Children's Home for, for years and years and years have done a tremendous work to help folk who are hurting. In fact, our church family, just a number of years ago, we were on a mission trip to Guatemala, and we were able to go and see the, the brand new facility, it was not new, but it was being renovated facility, that would be North Carolina Baptist Children's Home in Guatemala. And there's a number of them across the state of North Carolina. And I want you to hear the work that God is doing through our children's home and through Karen this morning as she comes to share. So I'm just going to invite her to come this morning and I ask that you give her a warm Highland Park welcome as she comes today, Karen. Good morning. God is good. Amen. Amen. Thank you. What a blessing to be in fellowship here at Highland Park Baptist Church. And what a warm welcome I received. Thank you. I, I felt the warmth when I came in and, and the greeting. Uh, what a great group of people here. So thank you for your friendliness. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you about the many ministries of Baptist Children's Homes. I have a question. What would you do 
if your mother put her drug addiction ahead of taking care of you, what would you do if her boyfriend is enraged because he's had too much to drink again? And who would you talk to when your dad has never been a part of your life? These are only a few questions that thousands of children across North Carolina ask each and every day. Somewhere tonight, a child will go to bed in a room that's not their own will cry for a mother who is not there, who will long for the embrace of a father to keep them safe. And so it is for over 12,000 children all across North Carolina who are waiting, waiting for a home. Over 12,000 children currently are in the system waiting for a home, a forever home. I'm going to read this morning from James 1.27, if you'd like to join with me. James 1.27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Widows and orphans. So here James refers to an outward expression of faith or a demonstration of what is true of who God is and what God does. And, and we are to take care of the young and the aging. We who are broken, who are hurting who are wounded. The word visit, where James uses the word visit, he is actually referring to caring for widows and orphans, isn't he? To take care of widows and orphans. So why do you think God has such a special fondness for widows and orphans? It is simply because they are the most vulnerable in our society. They are the weakest in our society. And a society is only as strong as the most vulnerable. So it, is, so it makes sense for us to care for the weakest. It gives us um, absolute I mean, it, it deserves our attention, doesn't it? For us to care for the weakest, the widows and the orphans. 
Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina was established in 1885 as an orphanage and has grown and evolved into a statewide outreach ministry. So for 138 years, we have cared for God's children. And every year, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children have found hope and healing through the ministries of Baptist Children's Homes. We are currently in 38 communities serving all 100 counties of North Carolina. We also operate three orphanages in Guatemala, and it was so good to hear that you all, a group of you have gone to Guatemala and helped there at one of the, or I think the primary, the main orphanage there. So we operate three orphanages there and also help um, provide a medical clinic there. We also serve all of North Carolina and, North and South Carolina with our Christian Adoption Services who just came under the umbrella of Baptist Children's Homes um, just a few years ago, actually this month. So now with our foster care ministry, we provide not only foster care, but now foster and foster to adopt. So we're so excited about Christian Adoption Services being one of our many ministries that we provide. We are many ministries being as one heart, with Christ at the heart and center of all that we do. And it is His perfect love pulsating through His people, all of us, that assures that those we care for those that we serve, those that we hold near and dear to our hearts have hope, hope in a future, freedom from darkness and despair, freedom from brokenness, hope and healing through Jesus Christ. North Carolina is a mission field. Our communities are mission fields. Surrey County is a mission field populated with children and families who are hurting emotionally, suffering physically, and in desperate need of help. One in six children under the age of 12 go hungry in North Carolina. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I'm talking about real hunger right here in North Carolina. I'm not talking about a third world country right here in North Carolina. Recently, Feeding America reported that 1.2 million people in North Carolina are facing hunger. And of that number, Three, over 394,000 are children facing hunger. Hunger is a real issue in North Carolina. For many of those who come to us in need of refuge, 
the darkness of abuse, neglect, abandonment, and family crisis can seem overwhelming. They struggle with daily pressures and flashbacks from the past. How many of you have remember an experience from childhood? Maybe it was an event that happened that you still remember to this day. I know I had something that happened. It was not even hugely traumatic, but here I am at 66 years old, and I remember that very vividly. Can you imagine the trauma that a six-year-old faces and experiences? A six-year-old who was abandoned at a strip mall outside of a store. His mother left him. And he's out there crying, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. Can you imagine the trauma that that child, he's now seven years old, and he came into our care. And the trauma of a child who is beaten time and time again, physically and mentally. That's real trauma, folks. And these are the children that we serve. Those are, these are things, yes, they have flashbacks. And it's a very, very difficult time for them when they come into our care. And sometimes the progress, the healing it's very slow, oftentimes very slow. And to, to actually, to make it through another day is a victory to celebrate. But you know, once they walk through our doors, if it's in our residential care, in a cottage, on campuses across the state, if it's in one of our foster homes, Christian foster homes, once they walk through our doors, they are not on that journey alone. They are not on that journey alone. They were once in darkness, but alone, but now they're not. We are there, you are there to help them, to encourage them, to love them. We are on that journey with them to br help bring them healing and hope. For the child abandoned at the mall, that little six-year-old child, you are hope. For the young lady sitting at the abortion clinic who chose adoption instead, you are hope. For the baby found in a ditch in Guatemala, you are hope. 
For the frail, aging adult, alone in her apartment, who found a friend through our North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry, you are hope. For a child kidnapped who was then rescued and came to us, you are hope. For the child who lived in a drug-infested environment whose mom went to prison, you are hope. For the family with no food, you are hope. For the child wanting a family of her own, you are hope. When their biological families let them down, Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina is there to offer them a safe place with compassionate cottage house parents or foster parents to love them, to care for them in a loving Christian home environment to care for them with the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. That's when lives are changed. You know, we have the awesome privilege of providing their immediate needs. You know, warm bed, clean clothes, a food, three meals a day, two snacks a day. But, well, we have the awesome privilege of sharing the love of Jesus Christ and gaining their trust. You know, when children come to us and they don't trust anyone because those that they trusted to love and to care for them have let them down. But we are there. You were there to earn their trust and give them that love of Jesus. Every child desires a family, and every child deserves a home. And we cannot do what we do without folks like you. Each child each individual that comes to us has several things in common. They all have experienced trauma. Each one knows what it's like to fall down and not have someone there to help give them a hand to lift them up, to dry a tear from their eye, when they're crying, when they're hurt, to comfort them when they're lonely. But when they come to us into our care, we are there, you are there, to give them a hand up, to encourage them, to love them, just to make them feel so safe and loved. There's so much power in love. 
How many of you believe that? A warm embrace, a smile, encouraging words. There's something, we've all heard that as children, that phrase, sticks and stones may break my, your bones, but words may never, I just came up with that, I can't remember exactly, but you remember that, right? But we know that's not true. Words are so damaging. And words are so damaging. So words that we say to children, words that we say to teens, to young adults, are so important. You know, we write encouraging words to our kids in care. Um, our cottage parents do. They'll put notes in their rooms, encouraging scripture. And it means so much to our kids in care. Not just the verbal words that we say, but the written notes mean so much. You know, when they come to us, they've come to a place where that darkness is overpowered by the light of God's love. We continue to grow our foster care ministry. That's where our ministry is growing by leaps and bounds. Why? so that we can provide homes for that over 12,000 children who are waiting, who are in the system across the state. You may wonder why that many children removed from their homes. Drug abuse is on the rise, especially since the pandemic. That number is up. Abuse in the home is up by 30% or more. So much is happening, the breakdown of the home. So that number continues to rise. I saw a billboard the other day that said there's over 15,000. That number fluctuates, it's all over the place. So we don't know the true number. There's over 12,000, I do know that. And what better place than the church the church is the answer. There may be folks here this morning who are thinking, considering foster care. We are doing foster care training all across the state, training families to become foster families. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could tell our governor the church has this? The church has this. Just think, I mean, we've got, what, over 4,000 Baptist churches in the state. Could you imagine if we reach across the aisles, even our other Christian ministries across the state? We could take care of this number, couldn't we? Yes, we can do this. The church is the answer. So pray about that need in our foster care ministry. We've got, I've got a video to share with you this morning. It's Tyrell's story. Tyrell was one of those children who was in the system. 
He was a he spent his first 11 years in a room, locked in a room. Had never been to school. Never been to a doctor. He was in a home with a mother and a grandmother. Kept him locked in that room. Fed him a bowl of rice once a day. He ended up with serious wounds on his body, on his lower extremities. So his mother took him to the hospital where he was admitted and put in the wound care unit for a while, he had to remain there for a while. And when the hospital called to say that he could come home, he could go home, the mother said, we don't want him. So social services got involved. And the mother, when she questioned about, why has he never been to school? Why has he never been to the doctor? She said he was not worth the gas to take him. True story, true story right in North Carolina. But I want you to watch and listen to this powerful story of this couple who brought young Tyrell into their home and loved this boy. Watch. Think about what I just shared about what his life was and where he is today. Thank God. Watch and listen. Tyrell was 13 years old when we learned about his story. We had tried to have children and um, God did not bless us with children. Uh, and so, we decided to become foster parents. One night after church, we just went home and prayed. We just gave it to the Lord and said, Lord, if um, you want us to do this, would your hand be on us? And we have seen his hand in every single step. When we um, first started working with Baptist Children's Home, we were very connected with Jessie Chilson, and she brought Tyrell's case to us, and our hearts were bonded, and Jessie brought Tyrell to our home. I never forget when that door opened. He got out and he gave us hugs and he walked towards the house. Um, he had no shoes on, his feet were wrapped up because he had wounds, and I gave him a walker. He walked into that door, put his walker down, never used it again. He owned it. When he walked in this house, there was no looking back. He just walked in and became part of the house. Tyrell's past basically has been defined by neglect. He had the only toys. The only toys we know about was a set of blocks. We had nothing. Every aspect of his life, we've had to train him. He didn't know emotions when he came to our home. And he was, he was really short and small. Um, he, he had really long arms. We knew, knew he should have been much taller. In the last year and a half, he has grown and gained at least 50 pounds. Tyrell had never been to school. 
when his family members were asked why they didn't send him to school, they said it was because, because he wasn't worth the gas. when I heard that as a, um, as a previous teacher. I just really wanted to see him grow up and have an opportunity at life. When he first came, his verbal skills were lacking. Um, it was mostly pointing and saying a word. I would work with him a little bit in the morning before I'd go to work. Then John would work with Tyrell during the day a little bit, and then I'd come back home and work with him a little bit more. My mother-in-law and I tutored him and got him to where he could start second grade. So his first year of school was doing second grade. And he has completed a whole year of second grade and has done well, and now he's doing third grade. He's doing really well. He's, he's really good at math and um, those facts, and he, he can memorize. He's a really memorizing well. beast. <laughs> we, we try to do a lot of activities, and, and he enjoys them all. My dad has a Corvette, so sometimes we'll go for a ride in that. I picked him up for school one day. I have a fishing boat, so we go fishing. He loves fishing, he loves catfish. I got one. Go all the way up. I went fishing with John, and I caught fresh fish, and it was called bluegill, and... Foster parents struggle with not getting to experience life with their children, some of the earlier life stages, and we're getting to experience it still, and it's awesome. Last year, um, we had a baseball game, and I get the first pitch, and it was good. I was just excited to watch him do that, and just the opportunity and the, and the love people were pouring on him. Tyrell is an awesome kid, and he's just incredible. He's defined by happiness, he's always happy, um, and it's brought a lot of happiness to us. Um, Tyrell's life direction is changed because of Baptist Children's Home. I don't think we can do this without Baptist Children's Home. Um, the, the support we get is unbelievable. The training and the, um, the texts, hey, are you guys doing okay? Our original goal was foster to adopt. And the training changed our heart to go wherever God wanted us to go. And the children have gotten, at least um, Tyrell was a foster to adopt almost immediately. And we knew God was in that. We're just like, wow. My favorite thing in my room is this bed. Tyrell's excited about life. Um, the other day he came up to my wife and said, I feel like I have my life now. He is, I mean, he is like the perfect child. He's polite, he's um, kind. He's got a whole life ahead of him, and it, the direction of it has been changed because of the people that have given to Baptist Children's Home. And that has multiplied greatly because there are so many other children that Baptist Children's Home ministers to. It's touching so many lives, and those lives are able to be pointed to Jesus. I see him getting saved eventually. For God is so the love of the world that he gave his only begotten son. Then we'll be praise God for all that he's done for us and how he's helped Tyrell, how he's um, put our lives together. God's worthy.
Tyrell's life direction changed because of Jesus Christ. And you know, there are so many more children like Tyrell who need hope, who need care, who need Jesus. It takes the body of Christ, the church, to join with us to form the bonds, the strands of hope that will not be broken. It takes the, the body of Christ, the church, to be a light, to light their way. Last year, with the help of churches like Highland Park, we served over 167,000 vulnerable and hurting people. And you helped make that happen. In 2022, 173 of our residents accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. God is at work. He is saving lives. Thank you for your help. I want you to pray. I want you to pray in the days and the weeks and even the months ahead for Baptist Children's Homes. Pray for wisdom and discernment. Um, as we enter a new season of ministry, pray for our partnerships and our friendships and how the Lord leads us in ministry. Pray for God to raise up foster families so that we can care for those children that need homes. Mm. Pray for churches across, not only just in North Carolina, but all around the world. You know, there's so much going on around us, all around our communities, that we all need hope, don't we? We all need hope. And I do believe the church is the answer. Thank you, Highland Park Baptist Church, for your love, for your prayers and your support. Thank you for sharing hope and changing lives. I want to leave you with this verse, one of my all-time favorites. During COVID, when I was making calls to mostly shut-ins, um, donors that I would call, I. The Lord gave me this verse, and, and I shared it with hundreds of people during that time. And this verse comes from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope. Amen. Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you? 
or thirsty and gave you drink? When we did, did we see you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king answered and said to them, I say to you, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. We live in a broken world, don't we? A broken world that is not at all the way it was designed when God first created this beautiful world of ours. Our world is broken because it is filled with people whose lives are broken. They're broken by addiction, they're broken by neglect, they're, they're broken by abuse, they're broken by sin. We live in a broken world with broken people. And, and the only thing that can really bring ultimate healing is the great physician, the Lord Jesus, who heals us on the inside and the outside. And he indeed is our eternal hope. Karen, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your coming today to challenge us, to make us aware of the need and I want to encourage you, encourage you, you ask God, what, what can I do to affect change in the life of somebody who's hurting? You know, it's a big problem all around our country, certainly here in North Carolina, and it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But you ask God, what can I do? And maybe God would lay it upon your heart to, to foster someone like uh, Terrell in the video that we saw, or help in a different way but make a difference in somebody's life. I want to challenge you to open your heart, your life, to what God wants to do in your heart.